Welcome to Living For Him podcast, where in every episode, you are invited to experience the joy of a life in Christ. I'm your host, CJ Cousins, and in today's episode, it is my prayer that the primary emphasis and goal of the following message is that you hear and respond to the good news about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So whoever you are and wherever you are, thank you for joining us. I invite you to listen with an open heart, subscribe for future episodes, and stay tuned for some next steps after this message. Enjoy. It was a good Friday. It was a regular Friday. It was a Friday where, you know, Deidre and I were trying to get ready for Sabbath and we wanted to bring in that experience with Jesus. But it was one of those Fridays where you're trying to, you know, get busy to to kind of get things done. And, And so I had to preach the next morning. This is kind of the time where God was starting to really work in my life and reveal to me that he's called me to full time ministry. But this is a day where I said, you know, I have to get everything done in order. I don't know if you guys are like me, I, I, I hate being late. I can't stand being late. I actually buy into that old philosophy that says, if you are early, you're on time. If you are on time, you are late. And if you're late, you're fired. Uh, that's kind of my philosophy. I hate being late. It was one of those Fridays where we had a lot to do and I was speaking the next day and I was trying to look sharp. So I, I got my barber appointment and I said, you know what? I need to get to the barber as quickly as possible. So DJ and I, We're in that zone. We were getting ready to leave the house. And so we got in the car. We're pulling out of our driveway. And as we're pulling out of the driveway, I happened to notice just out of the glimpse of the corner of my eye, just across the street in my neighbor's house, there was this guy. I've never seen him before in the neighborhood. Uh, He looks kind of rough around the edges. And so I'm looking at this guy and I'm kind of dismissing it like whatever, you know, he's doing his thing. But it looked like he was calling somebody in the car that was in the driver's, uh, in the driveway in my neighbor's house. So I'm like, oh, he's probably talking to one of his friends or whatever, so let me just hurry up and hurry up and get out of here because I gotta get to my appointment. Well, anyway, we're pulling out, and as soon as we start to get on the street and we're about to, to zip down the street, I notice that he's not calling somebody in the car. He's actually calling me. Now, I don't know how you guys feel whenever you need to get somebody somewhere quick, you know, I, maybe it's to class, maybe it's you, you got somewhere you need to go and you just don't want to be bothered by anybody. And that's exactly how I was feeling that day. And as a matter of fact, I even justified it spiritually. I'm like, Jesus, I got to get ready for the Sabbath. I got to get my hair cut. I'm speaking tomorrow. I don't want to talk to anybody. But this guy is calling me out and DJ just kind of nudges me in the car and she goes, you know, CJ, uh, I think you should talk to him. And as I looked at him, he was coming a little bit closer. He was accelerating his pace. And I looked at him, I could see what looked like tears that was coming down his eyes. And Deidre nudged me again. It was one of those nudges where I was like, I I actually got to respond to this right now. She was like, CJ, and she added the clincher. Here was a clincher. She goes, CJ, you said you wanted to do ministry, right? Here's your chance. Here it is. And I was like, oh, man, you guys got to understand. I love my wife. I mean, my wife is right here. I love my wife. Okay. Uh, uh, she, She loves the Lord. She's growing in her relationship with Jesus, but this was not the time. I did not want to hear anything that had to do with, oh, you need to go be a Christian right now. You need to go and minister right now. I didn't want to hear anything like that. I was like, listen, I'm preaching tomorrow right now. I got to go get my hair cut. And so I'm like, DJ, what? you're going to drop that on me. So I said, all right. I decided to, reluctantly, I decided to get out of my car. DJ stayed in the car and I go over to start talking to this guy. Now this guy starts to talk to me and he goes, hey, 
preacher, I need your help. And I'm like, how'd you know I was a preacher? Come to find out, he was actually the husband of my neighbor. You see, my neighbor heard me preach at my church. She came to my church, and I was, I was doing a series, the only series that I'd ever done in my life at that time was 2009. She heard me speak, and it blessed her. She went back to her house, and she told her husband. So this day, when he sees me, and he's in, in tears, obviously there was something going on in his life, he saw me as the preacher neighbor. Not just random guy that lives across the street. This is the preacher. And so I'm like, ah. Oh, all right, all right, so I'm the preacher to him right now. Okay, I'm the preacher. And so I said, well, well, how can I help you, man? What's going on? And he began to share with me some things that, that, that has left an impression on my heart uh, to this day. Um, he began to first, he started telling me, he said, I'm hired to kill, quote unquote, bad people. He was a hired gun. And he said, actually right now, they're expecting me to go take somebody out. And I saw you coming out of your driveway, and I recognize that you're a preacher, and I went out of this. And so I decided I need to talk to you because there is only one thing that's going to stop me from doing what I don't want to do right now, and that is God. Now, you got to understand, I'm like, well, no pressure. <laughs> this guy literally right now wants me to say something to him that's going to stop him from going and killing somebody. Now, you got to understand, there were two thoughts that immediately went through my mind. Now, I know I'm just being honest with you. Can I be honest with you guys tonight? I'm just being honest with you. Uh, the first thought that went through my mind was, uh, I am definitely going to miss my hair appointment right now. I, am not, I might as well just cancel that out. It's a wrap. That's not going to happen. But the second thing that goes through my mind is, this guy right now is expecting me. He's, he's here talking to me as a representative of Jesus Christ, and he's expecting me to say something, something powerful, something that's going to stop him right now from going and killing somebody, and he's getting paid for it. And so I recognized my helplessness in that moment. I recognized, I said, listen, I there is nothing good about me except Jesus Christ. And so the first thing I said to him, I said, well, first of all, man, I said, you know, I personally cannot help you. I don't have the strength or the power to help you. But I said, but I know somebody who can help you because he's helped me, and that's Jesus. And I said, man, is there anything that I can do? I mean, we decided to stay with him. I prayed with him. Deidre and I, we invited one of our other friends who was involved in ministry to come hang with us. We took him out to dinner. And by the end of the day, his heart had so softened that he decided he was not going to go through with it. And he agreed that he was going to try and stop, but he recognized, and he was honest with us, he said, listen, I don't, I don't have the power to stop this right now. As a matter of fact, my wife thinks that I'm just going off to my day job, but really, this is how I'm paying the bills. So I said, wow. I said, man, I need to pray with you. So we got together, we prayed. Then I asked Deidre, I said, Deidre, can you go inside and get the book Steps to Christ? I mean, that's been a powerful book in my life, and I'm sure this can do something for him. She went and got the book Steps to Christ. I said, Deidre, can you also get um, one of my Bibles? inside the house, so we got the Bible. I gave him a Bible, and I put in that Bible, I put that date, I put the date, it was in March. I put the date in that Bible, and I put his name, I'm not gonna tell you his name right now, just for his um, privacy, but I, I put his name on that Bible. And I said, I want you, whenever you're feeling depressed, whenever you're feeling helpless, whenever you're feeling low, I want you to look at this date, and I want you to remember your commitment today, this is the date 
that you decided to turn your life around for Jesus Christ. I said, whenever you feel that way, I want you to go to that Bible and I want you to, to read it and I want you to read it listening for his voice. You know, I don't really know um, what became of him. We, 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 we spent time with him. We, we reached out to him from time to time. But it hit me in that moment that what I thought was an inconvenience was a divine opportunity to save a life. Possibly too. Not just the person that he was going to kill, which was that in itself was amazing that God used me in that moment and somebody is living right now because I decided to allow myself to be inconvenienced. Somebody was alive because I decided to stop my agenda and listen to God. But it also hit me that this man's life was probably saved as well. Not just for the immediate, but for eternity. It's very possible this man will be in the kingdom. I don't know when I'm gonna see him again, but I may see him in the kingdom. And he's my brother. You know, Sometimes in life, we see things through a certain glass. We see things through a certain lens, and it looks like an inconvenience, an impediment on our life. Well, 2,000 years ago, there was another man on a Friday whose life got interrupted. It was a Friday, and this man's name is Simon, Simon of a country called Cyrene. Cyrene is what today we would call Libya. It's in northern Africa, and he lived out in the country. And he had two sons. His two sons were called Rufus and they were called Alexander. Now, on this Friday morning, they decided to go to Jerusalem. They decided to go on a long trek to Jerusalem. And so he gets his sons. They go outside. It's an early morning. They can feel the crispness of the early cool morning wind and cool morning air. They could feel the warmth of the rising sun. And they decide to go out. As they're walking, they're experiencing the bonding that can only take place between a father and a son. And it turns out that that day as they're going to Jerusalem, it becomes the day that will completely change their lives for the rest of their lives. It started out to be a good Friday, but as they kept going, as they were enjoying the conversation, they could see that out in the distance, as they got closer and closer to Jerusalem, there was a large crowd that was in a kind of commotion as they were coming out of Jerusalem. You know the scene. And there was some shouts and there was some cries and they're wondering what in the world is going on. This started out as such a good day, but now it doesn't look so, so good. They, say, they see three criminals coming in the middle of that crowd, and they see Roman soldiers, and they hear shouts, but they also hear cries. There's a lot of confusion going on, but there's something about the center figure, the center, what it looks like as a criminal. There's something different about this guy. He doesn't look like the other two. And then comes a shout as Roman soldiers come towards this guy. Find this story with me in Luke chapter 9. If you have your Bibles or if you have it in your phone, go with me. It'll also be on the screen if you want. I like to get my Bible and just kind of go through it. But Luke chapter, actually 23, verse 26, we find the story. Luke chapter 23 and verse 26 the Bible says, now as they led him away, speaking about Jesus, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon, a Cyrenian, who was coming from the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it, and get this, after Jesus. They gave him the cross of Jesus that he might bear it after Jesus. 
Now you can just imagine what's going on here as his sons are there and he says to his sons, you know, guys, I'll be right back. I know this is kind of strange. I know this is kind of weird, but just give me one second. I got to obey these Roman soldiers. I'll be right back. And he gets this cross. And as he picks up this cross, it's already bloody from the lacerations on Jesus' back. It's already an uncomfortable situation, but he takes up the cross and he puts it on his back and he begins to follow after Jesus. Now, he may not have realized it at this time, but he was actually demonstrating, he was illustrating something that Jesus taught his disciples and he's teaching us tonight back in Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. Jesus is trying to teach us something, and Simon actually does it without even knowing it. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, the Bible says, then he said to them all, speaking to the disciples, Jesus speaking, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. If anyone desires to come after me, you want to be a Christian, you want to be a follower of Jesus Christ, take up your cross. Simon, he takes up the cross and he actually illustrates what Jesus was teaching his disciples only moments before. Take up your cross and follow me. And here we discover in the story of Simon something that oftentimes is uncomfortable. It's an, it's an uneasy reality for us as Christians, but that is that following Jesus is often an inconvenient invitation. Following Jesus is often an inconvenient invitation. It can seem that way. Yes, there's grace when you come to Jesus, and yes, there's forgiveness. There's forgiveness available for everybody. But it is often an inconvenient invitation. I gave my heart to Jesus when I was, when I was 12. I was raised in a Christian Adventist home. My parents, they loved the Lord. But unfortunately, just months after I got baptized and gave my heart to Jesus, immediately the inconvenience came in. Immediately the challenges came in. My parents got divorced. And that was my story. I began to be in this, the mix of this battle between my two parents. I couldn't understand why this was happening, especially after I gave my heart to Jesus. As a matter of fact, I didn't truly come to really connect. I don't feel I was really truly converted until I went to college. I went to Florida International University in Miami, Florida. And while I was at FIU, um, that's when my relationship with Jesus really took steam. That's when I really got my Bible and I started to read it in order to hear Jesus, in order to have a relationship with him, in order to really know him. I picked up a great book called Desire of Ages and I've never been the same since. It was an amazing experience and Jesus really became personal to me in that experience. But it was also during that time that Jesus also started to impress my heart that he's like, CJ, I want you to serve. I want you to give up everything. I want you to follow me fully. I want you to serve me full time. I want you to be a pastor. I said, no, <laughs> that is the last thing I want to do. Pastors don't make that much money. I'm trying to go corporate. This is not what I'm trying to do. And so I wrestled with that thing. And then eventually I just kind of dismissed it. I said, listen, I'm, I'm studying business right now. I'm doing business administration. That's what I decided to focus on. But as I came to the end of my bachelor's degree, I was working at Wachovia while I was also, Wachovia Bank while I was getting my bachelor's degree. And once I graduated, I was working with a friend of mine. I was a teller, he was a teller. 
he was actually a much better teller than I was, but I was sharing the Bible with him. So we kind of had this kind of dual relationship where I would share the Bible with him and he would kind of help me with being a teller anyway. But I began to share with him this kind of a tug on my heart. I was saying, uh, his name is Barry. I'm like, Barry, listen, I feel this call to go be a youth pastor. I feel like I'm supposed to go up to Andrews University and just surrender to God and be a youth pastor. Barry was like, CJ, that's what you need to be doing. That is what you need to be doing. And I, I kind of indirectly heard him say, almost in my own head, like, this is not what you're supposed to be doing, man. You're not that good of a teller. But you know, you need to do that right there. So I'm like, all right, all right. But I, again, I wrestled with it, and then I dismissed it. Because I said, listen, no, I, you know, even right now as a teller, I'm not making that much money. I know if I'm a pastor, I'm not going to make that much money. That's the way I thought back then. I think a little bit differently now. But at the time, my mind was still wrapped up in the money that I could be making if I went into business, if I went corporate. So I decided to do my master's in human resource management. I eventually started my career as a recruiter, and I started making money. I met my beautiful wife, Deidre. I got a job opportunity with my company in Atlanta, Georgia, and that's how I ended up in Atlanta. And the corporate office was just down the road. It wasn't that far from the office that I was working at, but I was making money, and eventually I was able to live in a really nice suburban subdivision, four-bedroom, three-bathroom house, two-car garage, and I had money, basically, we didn't really have to stress. I wasn't rich, but I had money where I didn't really have to worry about much. And it was very comfortable, it was really nice. And the first two months on the job were great, that was kind of like the honeymoon time. And then came the after. And it eventually got so bad. You know, God was already plugging on my heart, CJ, you need to leave this job. CJ, you need to come follow me, serve me full time. But I wasn't trying to hear God at that time. Because God, to me, was inconveniencing me. I loved God. But this is not what I wanted. I said, God, I want to be in corporate. I want to serve in business. But God was calling me out. God eventually allowed things to get so bad on my job that eventually I had to leave. And once I left, things began to kind of fall into place. And I began to hear God a little bit clearer that I needed to come and follow him and become a pastor. It wasn't until 2010 that I actually surrendered and actually decided to do what God was calling me to do. But it took three years of wrestling with God and feeling inconvenienced. And I even tried to go back into my career and start my own company and do things my way. But God was like, listen, your way is not going to work. I need you to come follow me. Sometimes following God is going to feel uncomfortable. Sometimes following God is going to feel inconvenient. If you look back at Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, if you look back at Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, Jesus is inviting us into an experience as a Christian that sometimes we don't fully understand until we actually hear God clearly. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. If you really hear what Jesus is saying, it almost sounds like Jesus is making it very difficult to be a Christian. He says being one of his followers involves denying yourself, taking up your cross and following him. No no one can imagine, you can imagine how his disciples are hearing this from Jesus. They're familiar with the cross. They're familiar with seeing it. There was a revolt going on with the Romans. And they saw this horrible instrument of death erected all around the city of Jerusalem. People were crucified almost daily after the revolt. And Jesus is saying, take up your cross and follow me. It's only a little bit later that Jesus himself is actually crucified on a cross. So you can kind of understand the imagery of what they're hearing Jesus say, and it doesn't sound too pleasant. 
But also, at first glance, it sounds strange when you read the next two verses that come after that. Luke chapter 9, verses 24 and 25. It sounds strange when you hear this, but there's actually a lot of good news wrapped up in it. He says, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? So wait a minute. If I give up my life, I'll find it. But if I hold on to it, I'll lose it. I mean, you hear Jesus say some things and you wonder what in the world is Jesus saying? And again, it almost sounds like he's making it hard to be a follower of Jesus Christ. But don't miss the good news that's wrapped up in this message. Jesus is actually calling us into an abundant, fulfilling, joy-filled, and complete life. But we often sabotage it. We often sabotage this purpose-filled, joy-filled life that Jesus is calling us into because we're trying to preserve and control our own lives. And I'm preaching to the choir here because I know myself what that experience is like because I try to do it myself. But Jesus is in essence saying to you, you cannot experience truly living, real life and salvation by your own efforts, no matter how selfishly you guard it. It is only when you surrender your life to him that losing your life for his sake, peace, that you will ever experience salvation and the joy of life in Christ. It's when you give it up. It's when you let it go that you actually find life. The invitation to follow Jesus only seems like an inconvenience. It only seems like an inconvenience through the lens that you're looking at it through. Because we are still trying, it seems like an inconvenience, because we're still trying to hold on to the things of this life. I want to ask you a few questions before we wrap up. I just want to ask you a few questions. What would your life really look like if you truly surrendered to God? If you truly surrendered and gave up your all for God? If you totally committed yourself to Christ? What would your life look like if when that website popped up on your screen, maybe it popped up or you went to it, what would it really look like if you said, no, no, I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to take up my cross and I'm going to follow after Jesus. What would your life look like if when you were alone with that girl or that guy that you think is so hot and you're all alone, nobody else is there? What would your life look like if when you feel like doing those things that only married people are supposed to do? What would your life look like if you stopped in that moment in your mind, in your heart, and you said, no, 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 I'm not going to do this. I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to take up my cross and I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to wait till he gives me that person, till he gives me that girl, that that man, that woman. And I'm going to do it right when he gives it to me. What would your life look like if instead of following the crowd, drugs, alcohol, party, sex, whatever it is, whatever it is, what would your life look like if you decided I'm going to follow the abundant life called the invitation of Christ to deny myself and to follow him. And in him, I will find what real purpose, what real meaning, what real joy is really all about. What if when everybody else is falling apart, you have joy, you have peace. You see, following Christ is not as hard as sometimes we make it out to be. 
it's not always as inconvenient as it seems. Again, it depends on the lens you're looking through. Look at the lens of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. Hear the invitation of Christ. Jesus says, and this is his invitation to you and to me tonight. Jesus says, come to me. All you who are all all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, Jesus says. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. See, the cross that he's asking you to bear, the invitation he's giving you tonight, that seems inconvenient. According to Jesus, he's saying, actually, if you do it my way, it's easier. Actually, if you follow me, that life that you see, some of those celebrities, some of those athletes, some of those people that are wealthy, some of those people that seem like they have it easy outside of a relationship with me, it looks easy from the outside, but I guarantee you if you sit down with some of them, they'll cry in front of you because they're actually very miserable. The, the mere fact that they have to go through a lot of the things that they go through, they do a lot of the things that they do, the drugs, the alcohol, the sex, is mainly because they're trying to escape from a reality, reality that they want to escape from. I, I, I'll never... I'll never forget, I was watching this interview um, with Oprah and Whitney Houston. And I was really saddened by her passing, but I was watching this, um, this interview, and she sat there with Oprah, and she said to Oprah, I would give it all up. I would give it all up, all of the awards, all of the, the platinum-selling records, to go out in an island where nobody else knows me and just raise my daughter. I'll sell some lemonade, and I'll just raise my daughter, and I'll just follow God. And I sat there and I said, man, Whitney Houston, who seems to have it all, would give it all up in a heartbeat just to be a simple everyday person and raise her daughter. This was after the breakup with Bobby Brown. She'd give it all up just so she could serve God and raise her daughter. What we think is an inconvenience, my friends, is really not that hard. Jesus just says, come to me. I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And if you think it's hard, Jesus says in John 15, verse 5, he says that you can do nothing without me. But in Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's your desire tonight. I want to invite you to stand with me as we pray. You want to say, Jesus, I want to take up my cross and follow you every day. You see, the beautiful thing about Siren, the Cyrenian story is, Simon's story tells us that he followed after Jesus as he was holding that cross, as he was carrying that bloody cross to Calvary. The beautiful thing about the story is that when he got to Calvary, he didn't have to actually hang on that cross. Jesus did that. He didn't have to bear the penalty for his sins or the penalty for the sins of this world. Jesus did that. And Jesus is willing to do that in your life and in my life tonight. If you'll surrender to him, he'll come into your life and that which looks hard, that which looks inconvenient will actually become easy as Jesus says in Matthew 11. If you allow him to do it in you. And so I hope that's your desire tonight as it is mine.
So I invite you to pray with me. Jesus, we thank you so much, Lord, for this invitation that sometimes seems so inconvenient, Father. It sometimes seems so hard, but if we just surrender it over to you, you make it easy because you begin to do it inside us through the Holy Spirit. So I thank you so much, Father, for the reminder of Good Friday. It is a Good Friday, although it did not look good that Friday 2,000 years ago. But it can be a Good Friday tonight if somebody here tonight, including myself, is willing to cast it all down, to let it all go, and invite you into their heart. And right now, Father, if there is somebody right, near, right here tonight that wants to begin afresh, you heard the message tonight, you didn't hear CJ, hopefully the Holy Spirit was speaking to you, and you just want to talk to Jesus right now just for a few seconds, I want to invite you to do that. Just say, Jesus, if it's your desire, Jesus, just between you and him, I want to commit myself fully and completely to you and whatever it is you want to do in my life, I'm willing to do it. God, you've heard their prayers tonight. I thank you so much, Lord, for being the one to speak to us tonight. And we ask that as we continue to experience this Easter celebration, that we'll remember the cross, that we did not have to bear it, you did. We thank you and we praise you, Jesus, tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Living For Him podcast. I pray that you were blessed by this message and that you experienced the good news of the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. I'd like to personally invite you to respond to this good news and take the next steps in following Jesus by clicking the prompt in the description. I've also created a resource to help you experience the joy of a close relationship with Jesus called the Life in Christ Daily Devotional Journal. If you'd like to experience Jesus daily, watch the good news of his story unfold throughout scripture, and do this as a weekly small group gathering, then get your copy today in print or ebook by clicking the link in the description. Living for Him exists to tell the story of Jesus for the equipping of healthy disciple makers who extend his reign of love. If you'd like to support the further development of this exciting ministry, then I encourage you to become a monthly supporter by also clicking the link in the description. Your support is greatly appreciated. You're also invited to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting our website at livingforhim.tv. Lastly, we kindly ask that you write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you're listening to us on, and share this podcast with your friends. I look forward to meeting you here again in our next episode, where our desire is that you experience the joy of life in Christ. Once again, I'm CJ Cousins, and I'm living for him.